All right, ladies, I am so excited to introduce to you our, our speaker today is Danielle D. Smith. And Danielle is one of our women's ministry volunteer leaders. Um, I just have to say, she's a creator of Sister to Sister, which is something that, um, as a ministry, we wanted to make sure that every new person is greeted at the door and felt important and connected, and so we can spend time with you. And um, I just love that heart about her, is that she loves connecting women with other women, and as well as with um, connecting our hearts with God. She is the creator and founder of a wonderful business called um, Crown Free, along with a friend of hers, and they actually support um, ministries to help rescued women from human trafficking. That was the heart of it all. There's a beautiful product line and clothing, but it's really all for the purpose of supporting ministry. She's got a beautiful family, two kids. And we just love having her part of women's ministry. So would you just welcome Danielle as she comes. Thank you. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Um, it's such an honor to be here with you girls. I mean, I'm here every Thursday, but to be like here, you know, like in this place up here. And um, I thank Karen for um, trusting me because this isn't something that, um, you know, you just hand over. So that was a kind of an honor to be asked if I would um, team teach with her and Trisha and Lori Snyder. Um, but before I get started, I would really just like to, um, I, we, we already know that the presence of the Lord is here, but I want to welcome him to do his work. There's a pointed time this morning, ladies. He wants to love on us. He wants us to see, to see him for who he is. And so um, I ask if we just bow our heads and I'll just pray over pray over us. Heavenly Father, Jesus, I thank you for this time this morning, God. I thank you for every one of my sisters here, Jesus. I thank you what you're going to do this morning. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Unravel your word so clearly to each and every ear that is here this morning, God. Totally take over this vessel of yours, Jesus, me, and, and just fill my mouth to what they need to hear this morning, God. I, I surrender any agenda, itinerary, anything that I have planned that you don't want spoken here this morning, God. I just put it forth and I say, I'm here, Lord. These women are here. They, they're here to, to receive from you, to get good food, to get spiritual food. So um, allow your words to penetrate into their hearts, Lord. Surround them with your wings. This is a safe place, and we welcome you here. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so before I get started with, the, um, <laughs> with reading Psalms 4 through 8, which was mine, I had something really interesting happen to me on Tuesday of this week. And it's interesting because it so correlates with what I'm going to be talking about this morning. So my kids are at the age, I have an 11 and 12-year-old, a boy and a girl, and they're getting at the age where they want to go to the high school basketball games. 
And sometimes, because I don't know anyone who's playing right now, because I just have 11 and 12 year old, I really don't want to do it. Like bring them there, but this, this Tuesday I did. And um, I dropped him off and I was gonna go park the car and I drove around the high school just minding my own little business, and all of a sudden, to my right, there's this really nice new truck, and under the hood, there's a fire. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is that truck on fire, or is that just me? So then I'm looking, and I roll down my window, don't ask, because it's not like the window roll down is going to help me see it any clearly, but I did. And I look, sure enough, the sucker was on fire. And um, so there was another truck in front of me and um, it was a gal that I knew and, and she got out of the car and she comes to me and she's like, is that truck on fire? I'm like, I think it is. And then I said, I'll call 911. So then, um, and then it started like sparking and making all these noises. And, it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this thing's gonna blow. Because you know, you just don't know. Like, I mean, really, I'm not a mechanic and I don't know where the gas tank is. But I was just thinking it just might explode. So anyways, um, it started to like make these noises and I was like, get back in your car. So she's like, okay. So then she moves her truck. I move my truck. I call 911 and my heart is just a pounding. And she's like, 911, how may I help you? I'm like, there's a truck. It's on fire. You need to come right now. And she's like, okay, ma'am, can you tell me where you are? Yep, I'm at South Christian High School in the back, 68th Street. You go, she's like, ma'am, you don't need to tell me where to go. I'm like, okay, okay, what else do you need to know? Is there anyone in the car? I'm like, I don't think so, but do you want me to go look? I mean, by this time, it was so smoky that I couldn't see anything. And I'm like, this, this thing's gonna blow. This is not good. So meanwhile, <laughs> oh, sometimes I'm such a spaz. I roll, I mean, because my window's rolled up now. So I roll my window back down and I'm like, don't worry, I called 911. She's like, ma'am. I go, oh, yeah, yeah? I mean, it was just like, and she's like, okay, um, so you have to make sure no one's in the car. I'm like, I don't, I don't think anyone's in the car. She's like, okay. I said, so you're going to send a fire truck, right? She goes, yup. <laughs> like, let me do my job. Um, anyways, so there we go. So I went back into the, so then I parked the car. I went into the high school. Now, this is where I went to high school. So I know all these people there and I walk in and I'm like, there's, there's a truck on fire in the, in the back parking lot. And, um, and the guy on the intercom or the lady that was taking the money, she's like, well, go talk to Wink. And I'm like, okay. And, and he's like, he's the intercom guy. So I completely interrupt him. And I'm like, you got to tell him there's a car on fire in the parking lot. But I called 911. Everything's Okay. And meanwhile, the game is still going on, and he's like, Danielle, I need to write. I didn't get the license plate, though. You know, like, I'm, I'm telling him all this. Well, needless to say, the fire truck came. They put the fire out. And it's really interesting because, and this is why this is so interesting that this happened to me this week and when I'm talking this week, is because when Karen asked me to talk about um, and take a take a verse about um, the prayers of um, protection in Psalm 91, um, I 
I was resting in that and just asking God, you know, to show me some things. And I shared this with Karen. And do you, who was here um, when we honored the police officers? So pretty much majority of you. Um, for those of you who weren't, um, Res Life Women has just taken it kind of under a, a, a gal from, from here. She has just really, really just wanted to honor our police force. And, and so it's really grown quite large. And what God showed me was um, that by welcoming the, the police force here, right, we acknowledged them, we said thank you, we um, honored their service, and it's interesting to me because what that did was show me, like, okay, I called 911. I, I didn't know who I was talking to on the other line, right? But she sent somebody, okay? We honored the police officers. We gave them a standing ovation. We said, thank you, okay? We can see them. The God of the universe who has created you and me, we need to do that to him. We need to recognize that just like we pick up the phone to call 911, he is going to be there, girls. He is there all the time. He's not going to put you on call waiting. He's not going to tell you, well, where are you? Because he already knows. He already knows. And so as we walk through this, this scripture this morning, I just want you to, to really understand that he knows you so well. He knows where you might be carrying some fear in your life. He knows how you, where there might be some walls in your heart that need to be knocked down. He knows you so well. And just know that the God that created the universe created you, created me, and he wants that relationship with you. So let's dive in to Psalm 91, I specifically had um, verses four through eight. And um, there you go. Thank you so much. So I'm going to read this. It says, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings, he shall take refuge. You shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. And, you know, it's interesting because I have um, been resting in this and gotten a lot of revelation. And under revelation comes understanding, right? And it has to be revelation from the Lord because you can sit here and you, you can listen to podcasts. You can, you know, um, listen to Thursday mornings, which is awesome. We want you to keep coming, invite your friends. And you can, you know, pick up a devotional. But, but guys, this 
He's alive in here. He's so alive. Like to the point where this week and last week and the week before, I'm like, hokey toots, God. You're really teaching me a lot. Like this is awesome. And this is all I had in my commentary. But that's fine because that's based off of here. So where he had me the entire time, like I know I just read four verses but where he had me the entire time was just in verse four. So this is what we're gonna do together. We're just gonna be in verse four together. What I'm going to do is I am going to share with you what he did with me this couple past weeks, okay? So I'm gonna do the best that I can because this is the journey he had me. So everything I'm sharing with you is what he shared with me. So. Here we go. We're going to read Psalm 91, verse 4. It says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. Can you put up the picture? Okay. Now look it. Honestly. Isn't that amazing? My favorite, well, both of them are my favorite. He actually gave them to me this morning. He was like, one more thing, I'm not done with you yet. Can you put this in the slide? So Aaron did an awesome job by putting it in there because it wasn't in my slide. But okay, first of all, look at the, well, I'm not a bird person, but look at the white and the brown one. Does anyone know what kind of bird that is? I think it's a who? I think it's a bat. <laughs> I don't even know what you just said. How do you know that? They're from Trevor City and they're on the Mercedes. That's amazing. <laughs> do, do, <laughs> that's awesome. I wonder if they fly to Grand Rapids or do they only stay in Traverse City? Are you a bird person? That's awesome. I am so glad you are here today. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I really like the piping clover. Plover? That bird. Because look at how many cute lakes are under there. Like, that's amazing. Because of the fact that the bird just doesn't take one, doesn't take two while I was counting. What do you think? There's like maybe three? That's, that's phenomenal. The other, the other picture that really just shows, like, doesn't that look cozy? Like, just, it's just great. And, and I just think, okay, God, you say in your word, you will cover us. I'm just going to make it like, like for me and for you. You will cover us with your feathers and under your wings, I will take refuge. I you, this is great with the plover, with the bird. This is so great. Okay, so I'm a researcher because in research comes revelation. And I literally was like, how many other verses do you talk about feathers and wings and all of this fun stuff? A lot. So we're going to go on a little journey. So hold your britches. On the back side of your paper, it's empty. Um, and really write these down because you'll be able to dig in later. These are just amazing. Okay, next slide. Psalm 63, 6 through 8. Now, oh, let me back up. The context of the Psalms, it's really important when you're digging into the word to understand 
either what's going on at that time, who wrote it, why they wrote it. So the Psalms, the Psalms were either written by David or Moses, okay? It's truly a poem, if you will. Now, um, what's interesting about Psalm 91 is that it's not listed who it's by. They don't know. But what we do know is we do know the life of David and we do know the life of Moses. So when we're reading this, we've got to take that into consideration. And one thing I also want to say as well is if this is alive and well, which it is because it's been amazing what he's been doing with me this week. And if he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, okay, then all of these verses can be applicable. How do you say that word? You can apply it. We'll just put it that way because I can't say the other one to your life. Okay, so I really want to challenge you. Some of these, you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, maybe it won't fit with what you need now, but if you write it down, guaranteed it will come later. So, okay, Psalm 63, 6 through 8. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Before you have been my help, therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Here we are, wings again. Well, okay, so this particular psalm was written by David, and it was when he was specifically running from Absalom in the wilderness, and Absalom was hot after him. So I'm just thinking this poor David was in the woods, so really when he says, when I meditate, when I remember you on my bed, well, he probably was on the floor of the wilderness, But just know, he was feeling alone, but he was meditating on God, which instantly brought in God's protection. Okay, Psalm 36, 7 through 8. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. So now think of the bird, Think of that and the plover or whatever, and just think of, they put their trust. So it's, they're under it, they're covered. Well, loving kindness, I dissected the word of loving kindness in this scripture because loving kindness is actually equivalent to the New Testament word grace. So loving kindness, think of like steadfast love. Think of mercy, Think of goodness. Think of unfailing love. Take those words, put it in where it says loving kindness. How precious is your steadfast love? How precious is your mercy? How precious is your goodness? Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Clear, it's just amazing to me. I mean, we're on, I mean, this is this is just a lot of verses about feathers and wings and protection. And it's his promises, guys. It's his promises, which they're so great. Okay, next slide. Psalm 139:9. Now it says here, I'm going to so what I did with this one, I goofed up on this one, I'll just be honest, and I caught myself, and then it was too late to change. So I'm gonna read you 139:9 and then the, the slide up there actually is a summary of it. But Psalm 139.9 says, If I rise on the wings of the dawn, 
If I settle on the far side of the sea, even your hand will guide me. So no matter where you are, if you're way over there or if you're way over there, as far as the east is from the west, he says he'll be with us. No matter where you are, you might feel far away. He's not. Amen, sister. Um, okay, so the covering of God never stops. Before we are even in existence, he covers and protects us. Okay, so I get spoken to a lot by the Lord and Holy Spirit through visions and, and all of it. And I've had to embrace it because sometimes it's weird. But really, truly, we all have different gifts and he speaks to us all so differently. And I truly love it because it's like, well, I couldn't make this up. Like, where do you come up with this stuff? But what was so great was Psalm 139 verse 13 says, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. You guys, when he was deciding when you were going to come, he already had you covered. And what's so cool, what he showed me was when you were in your mom's tummy, do we have any pregnant people here right now? I know we have a lot of babies. I mean, do you really believe that your baby hears your voice? Absolutely. I do too. I mean, they're a part of you, right? Your baby is interwoven with you. It's connected with you. It's protected. And it's so great because we're covered in our mom's womb. We come out and then the feathers come out. <laughs> I mean, really, think about that. He never skips a beat, ever, ever, ever. Womb, feathers. I love it. Okay, next slide. We're still on feathers and wings. Malachi 4 verse 2. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and, <laughs> this was funny, I laughed out loud alone with Jesus, and grow like stall-fed calves. I was like, shoot, can I be a butterfly? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, okay. So then I read it again and I'm like, all right, let's, let's go to the message, God. Let's, can we go to the message? So this is what the message says. Sorry, Aaron, it's not up there. I'm just going to read it. So this is the message, Malachi 4 verse 2. But for you, sunrise, the sun of righteousness will dawn on those who honor my name, healing, radiant, radiating from its wings, you will be bursting with energy, shoot, like colts, frisky and frolicking, and you'll tromp on the wicked. You'll tromp on the wicked, Trump. You'll tromp on the wicked. So I'm like, oh, well, I kind of like that a little bit better. Like they're frisky and they're frolicking and they're having fun and, and they just know that God is covering them. And, and so then I liked that one better. But Either way, what it's saying here is that not only is he protecting us, but there's healing. Ugh, like, are you kidding me? It's like a two for one. Protection and healing. Like, this is like big. Every time that we are in the presence of the Lord, he doesn't just give one. He gives both, both. But what has to happen 
is that we have to be willing to go there. And sometimes that can be scary for whatever reason. And I will come back to that. Okay, next slide. Psalm 61, three and four. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. The message of this one says, I like this. You've always given me breathing room, a place to get away from it all. A lifetime pass to your safe house. An open invitation as your guest. That's awesome. A lifetime pass. A lifetime pass. It doesn't go away. He doesn't take it away. If you screw up, he doesn't say, can you give me your pass? No. A lifetime pass. Uh, he is just good. So the next slide, really what Psalm 61 said here was he, it really gave descriptions of God. Now really think about this, like get your creative hat on right now and think descriptions of God. He's a high rock. He's a fortified tower. He is a pitched tent and a mother hen with outstretched wings. Think about that. A rock, well, a rock never changes. It's sturdy, it's stable. It's, you can stand on it if it's big enough. A fortified tower. I don't know, I kind of thought about Rumpelstiltskin and how she was high up there, but she could see. She could see things coming. A pitch tent. Well, that kind of reminded me of the tabernacle because it was a place where his presence was, but a pitch tent also gives you protection. And God talks a lot about us enlarging our tents and enlarging our tent stakes. That's very biblical. He calls us to enlarge our tent stakes. And then a mother hen. I mean, that's just cozy. And he's just amazing. Okay, next slide. Okay, so... I'm like, okay, God, there is a lot about feathers and wings. I mean, really. Well, what's so great about all of this, ladies, is that the Bible is so intertwined with, with itself. I mean, it's truly interwoven to the fact that if you start digging in and doing research, what you'll find is like, well, didn't you talk about that back here? And if you did, then you, and it, and, and, it, and it was before there, then you were foreshadowing. And so this, the Ark of the Covenant is amazing. I know, I know it might look like, okay, Danielle, I mean, it's not like great, but it is, you guys, it is, it is. Because the sub, it's a symbolic meaning of his protection. So the Ark of the Covenant, it also could be called the Ark of the Testimony. Now, in the book of Exodus, this was something that the Israelites carried around. I think, oh yeah, see the little handles? They carried, they carried it around. Now, there are three items that were put into the Ark of the Covenant. Three. And they all meant something. Why? Because that's what God does. He doesn't do anything just 
for nothing, it always means something. So this is just amazing. When I caught on to this, I was like, like I, my husband came home and I'm like, and then, and he's like, okay. I'm like, no, you don't understand. There was three things in the Ark of the Covenant. One was a golden pot of manna. This represents God's provision, okay? Two, and I, this is my favorite one, Aaron's staff that had budded. Okay, let me just do a little sidetrack about this staff. So Moses had a brother. It was Aaron, okay? Moses walked around with the Israelites who could have gotten out of the wilderness in 11 days, but it took him 40 years. He, he had this staff that did a ton of miracles by faith. It was by faith. This staff also represented authority, okay? When Moses passed on his authority per God to Aaron, the, the other Levites didn't like it. They, they just, they kind of got like a little like, Ugh. So God said, okay, I want you all, all you leaders, bring in your staffs into the tabernacle. Put them down. Come back tomorrow and whatever which one was butted, that is who is going to be my leader. <laughs> I mean, really? Think about it. It was a rod. So they came back the next day. It was butted with flowers and fruit and almonds. Aaron's staff. I mean, are you kidding me? That's like amazing. So it, what it shows is the rod played an important part also because the rod played a huge part to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. So that was in the Ark of the Covenant. And then the other thing was the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments were given to Moses and it represented that Israel had still broken the law, but God still loved them. So these three things are in the Ark of the Covenant, okay? In the Ark of, and then on top of that was the mercy seat or like the covering covering. Are we getting like, like similar words here? And then he was like, I'm just going to stick two, two birds, but they weren't. They were angels, cherubims with wings. Okay. Covering. In here totally is symbolic of his protection. Then what is so great is during that time when the Ark of the Covenant was in the tabernacle, which when the Israelites were in the wilderness, they had to formulate in the wilderness, they had to put the tabernacle in the middle and then the Ark of the Covenant inside, and it was very specific. And then the priests would go in and sprinkle blood on the top of the mercy seat, okay? Now, this is foreshadowing, girls. I want you to understand. Because back then, in the Old Testament, it was more of like the wrath of God. And so they had to like make sure that they had, took a sacrificial animal, put it on the mercy seat, and all the three things, the, you know, the, the Ten Commandments, and the, and the Aaron's staff, and the golden pot of manna, like, you know, like basically saying, God, sorry for our sins. And the blood was actually foreshadowing to the cross when God was going to die on the cross. Isn't this great? Protection, mercy, wings actually represent mercy, grace, and favor. The next slide is Luke 13, 34 through 35. 
This kind of made me sad, but not really, but it did. How often I wanted to gather your children together as hens gather her broad under her wings, but you were not willing. So then I think, gosh, Lord, like, that's really, here you are, this loving God, and we aren't willing sometimes. Why? Why? Like, ask yourself, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Why are we not willing to step under protection of a God who loves us so much? Some of the things that I wrote down was maybe the condition of our heart. Maybe the lack of intimacy with God, because that's really what he wants. He wants our heart. Because that's like, think about that. That is like, oh, that's, that, it gets real, right? Maybe um, we're not willing to go under his wings because we have walls up and we just haven't wanted to work on them because, oh, that brings out yucky feelings. Or maybe it's the fear of the unknown. Like, if I gave you that, Lord, if I gave you all of me, then what? But ladies, he made us. He made every single person in this room. He knows what you need. It's the submission of the heart that needs to happen. The submission. It's not, and I know it's gotten blown out of context these days. Submit to your husband and then people, you know, it's this authoritative. No, this has nothing to do with it. It is basically saying, Lord, here it is. You made it. You know what's best for me. Here it is. I'm really scared to give it to you because that's my heart and I feel things there when my walls aren't up, but here it is. So Psalm 91 verse four at the end says, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. Okay, so I'm like shield and buckler. Okay, Lord, you said shield and buckler. Why are you saying two? This must be important. So of course I start researching. And a shield, okay, the shield is like the, the, the bigger one, the, the one, I don't know that shape, but that one with the cross on it, that's the shield. Okay, so the shield is larger than a buckler. A shield can strike, push, trap, pin, and also defend. A shield is an active part of a soldier's kit, okay? When they're going out for battle, they're taking their shield. And a shield will always, always be posed between himself and the enemy, always, okay? Now a buckler, now you see the hand with that little circular thing? That's the buckler, <laughs> whatever. That's that thing, the buckler. It's a type of shield, and these little shields were mostly carried by individuals who might have to defend themselves in day-to-day -day situations. So I was like, this is phenomenal. We have a shield for like our battle big time, and then we have our buckler. We don't necessarily want to leave our shield at home, but the buckler, like think about it. He's saying, I got you covered. Little things, big things, I got you covered. So next slide, the significance of the shield. Um, so in Genesis 15, verse one, it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield. 
your exceedingly great reward. Okay, so this was the, one of the most important chapters in Genesis because this was God's covenant with Abram. This was before he was called Abraham. And it basically talks about the, um, and I have a really hard time saying this word, Abrahamic, did I say that right? Covenant, okay? This is just really important because he was saying, I am calling you to great things and I will be your shield. And I am in your exceedingly great reward. And Abram's like, well, Lord, I mean, I'm like really old. And he's like, that's okay. I got your back. You want to have my buckler? You can have the buckler too, but I'm going to be your shield. Psalm 18 verse two says, I love you. O oh Lord, my strength, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Okay, so this is David talking here when he was rejoicing because God delivered him from his enemies and from Saul. I mean, really, this, I mean, I was, I was getting so fired up that Brian, who's my husband, was like, holy cow. I'm like, you don't get it. Like, why do we not go underneath those feathers? Why do we not submit to the Lord and, and just come and like, look at all these things that he's provided us for and repeated, repeated. So I think when he repeats himself, he kind of wants us to learn, you know? Ephesians 6, 16, this is a, a very well-known verse. I mean, it's the armor. Um, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench or put out all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield of faith. And he is the shield of faith. And picking up is an action. I love my next picture because... I mean, I, I wanted like to make this person pink and cute and, but you know what? When we're in battle, uh-uh, no way girls. You put your armor on, you're, you're out there. It's, it's, it's used offensively. Psalm 91 verse four, this is the message. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Psalm 91 verse four, the New Living Translation says, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. So we need to be in the word though to know his faithful promises, right? Because if he's saying here that it's, his, if it's our armor and protection, we need to be able to speak it out. Psalm 91 verse 4, amplified. Oh, this was a fun one. He will cover you with his pinions. I was like, oh, okay. And under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is like a shield and buckler. So of course, what do you think I looked up? Pinions. A pinion is an outer part of a bird's wing, including the flight feathers. That's very important that it includes the flight feathers. There's actually two definitions. And, and when I was, um, I was practicing on Brian last night, this, 
not anything else. Um, and I, 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 I told them the two definitions. Okay, so the pinion is the bird's wings. The second definition of a pinion is a round gear that works in a clock. Now this is amazing. So I'm gonna do a diagram with my hands. Imagine a really big circle with all these teeth. Okay, they're gear shifts. Then there's a little one that's in the middle and it's just going. And this little pinion, it's a gear, moves in order for the big gear to, to move. Ah, so great, that's the Holy Spirit, right? Isn't that good? He's so good, he is. Okay, Deuteronomy 32, 10 through 12. He found them out in the wilderness in an empty windswept wasteland. He threw his arms around him. He lavished attention on him, guarding him as the apple of his eye. He was like an eagle hovering over its nest, overshadowing its young, then spreading its wings, lifting them into the air, teaching them to fly. Yes, because the eagles were in the wings or were in the nest, they were abiding and they could be learned things, right? Taught things. Sorry, my English. Um, so what, what I took from here, oh, in the importance of this, this was really important. This was a song, this particular thing, if you look it up, verse, it's amazing, was a song that was sung by the Israelites as an ongoing witness to their understanding of the covenant. So now if you read it, it's like they are totally understanding the covenant. And like, you know, like the Ark of the Covenant, they're understanding it. So they're repeating it, which is great because when you, when you testify, when you give your testimony, you continually to give it because that's what's uplifted and empowers other people. Because Revelation says, and they will overcome by the word of the, or by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Philippians 1 verse 6, I don't have this up here, but I wanted to, to share that being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Yep, good work. He who has begun it, and he began it when you were in the little womb of your mom. He did. And then you came out, and then he covered you with his feathers, and he continued to work on you. And he continues to work on you. So next slide, please. God's revelation. It's truly in the revelation of God that will allow us to go forth, even in the midst of conflict. Think about the Israelites moving forward. They had a revelation. They just sung it in Deuteronomy 32. They kept going forward. How are you seeking God for revelation? I know everyone sitting here has a question for him. What are you doing to better that relationship? What are you doing to help you, to compel you to move forward? Because faith is an action. It is. What does God's peace do? Well, Philippians 4 verse 7 says, In the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds th through Jesus Christ. 
God wants our hearts, ladies. What walls need to come down for you to become more intimate with God? Final thought. John 14, 25 through 27. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, who really truly is our best friend here on earth, guys. That's not up there, I just added that. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things that I said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Nope. Let not your heart be troubled. There's that heart word again. Neither let it be afraid. Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How have you been speaking lately? What's coming out of you? What things need to be cast off of you? So when I was asking God how to close, I don't know if there needs to be an official close, like when you talk like this, but man, did he nail it out of the ballpark. <laughs> He's so great. When Satan was trying to attack Jesus in the wilderness, each time God's response was the same to Satan. And all he said to him, it is written, it is written. We need to do what Jesus did in the wilderness. What he did on earth is what he wants us to do. He truly, truly gave us a pattern. Speak it out. It is written. Like, are you kidding me? He also said, on the cross with his outstretched arms. It is finished. He didn't need to like debate with Satan. He didn't need to like get it, have coffee and get into this long discussion. He just looked at him. It is written. When we do this, when we, when we pattern after the Lord, we are, one, putting up our shield of faith. We are. It's like, boom, it is written. I don't really need to say much. I mean, I'm not saying it to be cocky. I'm saying it because I know who I am in Christ. I know my identity. And two, we're declaring the word of God, trusting that he will deliver because he does deliver. He never fails. He's always there. And he loves each and every one of us. We just need to get underneath these cozy little feathers and come to him. So are you willing? Why wouldn't you? 
I know that each person at the table that you're at, it's an appointed time. I do, because I prayed for it, and God answers our prayers, and it's not a selfish prayer. I just know that he wants to minister into this group this morning, and he's going to do it in such a perfect way. Be real, be raw, be honest, because you're only going to benefit yourself and and. And when we leave this place, what happens is, is when we're in the word, his promises fill us up, right? And then they start overflowing because that's just what they do because that's what he says he does to us, right? So as you spend this, these last 15 minutes with your sisters in Christ in the table, be real. Don't hold anything back. You're only hurting yourself. And know that the God of the universe has you like nestled with the what type of bird? Yep. You bet. You betcha, sister. That's awesome. So thank you for letting me share my revelation and have time, have fun at your table.